everybody. Welcome to EMS Underground. I am Charles McFall. Now I've got all my recordings going the way I want to do. I'm the host of the show. And on the phone today with me is Darren Dale, who is on his way to yet another event where you're going to be running safety for, for somebody. Uh, you, that's, dude, it's been, it's been, God, over a year, I think, since you've been in and on the show. Yeah, it's been a bit. It's been a while since, I, since I've been in. And because uh, you've been busy, you've been running. Every time I turn around, you're in some other state uh, doing yet another thing, right? Another event. Welcome, Welcome to the world of uh, event DMS. <laughs> but that's not all you do. I mean, we're talking about some of this. We're, no. The title of today's show is EMS Underground, When a Service Fails. And uh, Darren uh, has, has been privy to, unfortunately, be at services when they fail. I started off my career at a service when it failed and possibly – Tom Campaign may actually join us. Uh, he didn't tell me he wasn't coming, but uh, I guess he got cut up doing something after I texted him. But uh, I'm sure Tom has been at, at services that have failed. And so we're going to be talking about that. But first, I've got to get things warmed up here uh, on Facebook and get uh, uh, all the posts shared. But while I do that, well, before I do that, and then we'll get Darren talking again. Today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day that's the one game out of the time trial specifically for everybody who watches and listens to EMS Underground. Go to GameFlyOffer.com slash EMS Underground and get your game today. It is a lot of fun. I've used Gamefly off and on throughout the years. Love their service. Lots of gamers out there on the ambulances. So help out the show. Help out yourself. Go get something fun. Uh, but what, uh, what event are you heading off to now, Darren? I am on my way up to uh, Chattanooga and then Nashville. We're doing a, supporting a 220 or 30 mile long relay race that starts off in Chattanooga tomorrow morning at some ridiculously early hour and ends Saturday at 9 p.m. in Nashville. That's awesome. Apparently my, there it goes. Why is my, my lightning audio connection is not doing well for the broadcast. So they're not exactly hearing you yet. So let me fix some of this. It's okay. They're not missing. They're not missing much if they can't hear me. Let's turn. Let's turn the stereo level. Okay, there it is. All right. Uh, go ahead and talk to me, Darren. Uh, I'm talking now. Can you hear me this time? Perfect. Uh, w- weird thing. When when certain things update, it breaks things. So before we updated, we use a, I think called Switcher Studio, and before it updated, to a lot of great new tools to use. Uh, I would just leave stuff plugged in and automatically default. Now it just defaults to the the built-in microphone. And and then uh, because it wasn't getting a full volume from the soundboard, uh, it um, was defaulting back. So anyway, everything's fixed now. Let me go to the video so I can make sure I see it and, and we're all good. Uh, but you're, you're also not just doing this, this running, you know, event – You've been working on Cirque for uh, Cirque du Soleil in Atlanta for months now. Yeah, we've been we've been working Cirque du Soleil here in Atlanta since uh, since they opened. I think their first show was October third. So we came in about a week before that when they started with setup and all, and uh, they run through January fifth is their last show. Wow, uh, that's and that's that's awesome. Now, uh, as as uh, the coordinator and as somebody who's on the ground working, 
Uh, how often do you get to see the show? Have you had to see it in parts, or have you gotten to see it all in, in uh, one shot? Or how about neither? How about I haven't seen any of it yet? <laughs> uh, the, the, reality, the reality is our, our teams on the ground actually don't get to, to really see the show. One of the, one of the perks of working uh, with Cirque is we, get, uh, we all get free tickets so we can come in with our, with our badges on a night that we're not working and actually enjoy the whole show. But as nice. it as it stands otherwise, uh, you know, we're working. We're not there to we're not there to see the show, so we're not really getting an opportunity to watch it much. No, I get that. I mean, you're you're there to work. It's, it's different at a concert, right, where you're patrolling the yep. concert area and you hear it and or uh, I know at the the uh, mud run that I did with you this earlier this spring, um, I didn't, but I had the opportunity that I could have gone out and seen the track and and yeah. honestly, if I'd wanted to run it at the end, they had no problems with that. But yeah, yep. I know. Nah, nah. With those, if you'd wanted to run it, they're they're always real good about letting you know letting our our team go out and you know join the last wave if you wanted. I, if I remember correctly, at the time you weren't getting around all that well though. So uh, I, you running that uh, that warrior dash might have been fun <laughs> with that leg yours. That that's called every day. I have uh, <laughs> a knee I hyperextended when I was a kid. That now gets sore because uh, I unconsciously favor the other knee, so I stand on this that knee. Because the other knee, when I was a paramedic, I flipped a motorcycle, severed my ACL, and damaged the MCL a little bit. So they had to replace ACL, shave the MCL. But I, I was supposed to wear a knee brace uh, for, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not climbing a 20 foot wall even with a knee brace. Um, I just. No, put me in the tent. Let me put band-aids on people and fill out the reports. We're all good. Probably a good choice. I mean, the truth truth of the matter is, I've worked uh, I've worked the various obstacle course races and mud runs and whatnot for like three years now. I'll never compete in one. I've worked I've worked them too much. I I see what all goes on. I have no interest in doing it myself. Yeah, yeah. Even that the one we did, there was I think two broken bones basically. Yep. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's a thing. Rest in peace, Warrior Dash. <laughs> That's right. They went under, and uh, my daughter had already signed up for the next one. So fortunately, one of the other – well, one of the other – it worked out. It worked out because one of the other uh, races that she was a part of and she liked to do, uh, multiple races reached out because you're on a list, right, once you sign up for one. And actually, we signed up for a few yeah. different ones for them. Uh, but you're on a list, so – they reached out and said, hey, if you already had a paid ticket to that, we'll honor it here. Uh, so that worked out. It was, oh, it was fine. Yeah. Well, that's not what yeah, we're here to talk about. It's not. No, it, it, it well, has it a is. Yeah, it, it does, doesn't it? Because uh, I know you really liked the people on the ground that were working that race. Uh, it seemed like a decent race to me. Uh, I haven't been to a ton of them, but it, it seemed fine. And yet, uh, seemingly overnight, they announced – now, this is not an EMS service, and we're going to talk about when EMS services fail, but like you say, it does have bearing that overnight they told their people to clean out their offices, no more races, and uh, essentially kept all the prepaid money for the year, didn't they? Uh, that is my understanding. I, I, I didn't get too deep into, you know, into the weeds on how they were treating the customers, but as I understood it, they uh, – they made the announcement that they were shutting down. No refunds were coming out, and uh, you know, 
that was it. Uh, I know. Yeah. I know from the perspective of the company that was providing their medical services, uh, they closed up shop with uh, owing us a pretty substantial bill. Man, and that's the thing when you say, "Oh, they kept all the money." Well, technically, they probably spent the money. You're trying well, to keep things it. afloat and, and pay yep. their people. And, yeah. And, and that was very much what happened. Is you know they were. They got to a point where, and again, this is all, you know, second and third hand from what I've heard, but, you know, they got to a point where they were using, you know, next week's ticket sales to, to pay this week's salary. And that's, wow. you know, that's just not going to be sustainable for any length of time. No, man. And I did reach out to you then, like, are you good? Like, yeah, you know, because uh, when you're not doing the events, you're you're working at another service and, and you, yep. you land on your feet. Yeah. But what? I, I have another service I work at and I teach. So, you know, I've got, I, I you know, when I came back into EMS, as, as you'll probably remember, and, you know, I'll remind everyone on the show, I was in EMS for a while, and then I took a break from the field and went and did something else, and uh, then came back in about, uh, God, what, five years ago now, something like that. Something like that. And one of the things I, one of the things I very much learned was, you know, uh, if you're not planning for your next move and planning for, you know, what's next when things change, you're you're just planning to fail. I yeah. There's no if that's about it. So So that is what we're gonna talk about today. How to plan for the inevitable, how to plan for the emergencies, uh, how to see signs of when things are failing. Uh, because it's it's companies every day go under some some are decent and say, hey, you know, I'm not sure next month if we can put food on your table. Uh, I understand if you need to make arrangements. And some just hide it until that last minute where you come into work. And in my case, uh, I was actually called the morning I was supposed to go into a shift. And they said, don't come in today uh, because we're not sure if we're going to even run ambulances at all. And uh, we'll tell that story in a minute. But you know, sometimes it's a surprise. So I want to help people understand how to see the writing on the wall, how to pay attention to signs when, when business owners aren't talking to you. And as a community, what you can do to support people, help people, because that happens in 911 services. And we and that's the, how I wrote it today. We expect today that an ambulance will be there when we need it. And I'm not talking about run times. I'm talking about if we pick up 911 in most areas, we expect that an ambulance will show up at some point. But and if a service goes out like uh, in Atlanta, it was rural metro that had DeKalb County. I don't know the circumstances. So I'm not trying to drag them under the bus. I'm just saying they left with a 30 days notice. It's like 30 days were out. Done. And the yep. cab County scrambled and AMR came in. And, and, and that's what we expect. Right. We expect that. No, you have a service that's supposed to be here. So make it happen. And it's almost like magic. But the reality is sometimes the money's not there. Sometimes the ability is not there. If AMR hadn't been willing to essentially self-subsidize that contract and, and make it work, nobody would have come in. I mean, 30 days is a nothing amount of time. Can you move, Darren, can you move one house, a whole house, pack it up and move to a whole other house across country in 30 days and be 100% ready to go? No, I mean, it's, it's a heck of a challenge, I Having, having contracted events in the past year and a half, when we get a call 30 days out that we've got an a event that somebody needs covered, it's a, it's a real scramble just to get, you know, even the basics, uh, you know, EMTs and, and basic supplies and equipment on site in 30 days, let alone, 
know, run a 911 service for a county as large as DeKalb with all of those personnel and new protocols and ambulances and equipment. And, yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, more, I mean, the bigger you are, the less likely you are to fail, like DeKalb County, right? Somebody yeah. will step up. They'll, they'll duct tape together a bunch of services if they can. You know, they'll do something. Something will happen to keep that going. But in smaller yeah. rural counties, sometimes there's nothing there. Police stations shut down. Fire stations shut down. Non-emergency, which was my case, a non-emergency non, uh, transport company just shut its doors. Uh, bank companies can shut their doors. All kind of things can happen. Hospitals. Hospitals can close yep. their doors. because yeah. and, and it's happening a lot nowadays, especially yeah. in the rural areas, that the hospitals are just saying, we can't afford to stay open anymore. Yeah. Um, I thought there was an issue with with payments, because I know there's a big push for air ambulances right now to call your senator and say this is a, a, a service that is really essential to especially rural areas. And I actually would agree. I've worked in rural areas that was close enough to if I had to, I could drive to Atlanta. But you're if you're in South Georgia, I don't know what the closest biggest hospital may maybe Coliseum. And that can be hours yeah. away from where you are. So yeah. helicopters are absolutely I think an essential service in rural areas. And I thought there may be a funding thing. It might be a uh, a cost thing. It turns out they're actually fighting a piece of legislature that is going through uh, talking about surprise billing and essentially trying to cap billing for EMS services, including air ambulances, which are helicopters, uh, yeah. to a, an unreasonable amount for them. You know, for the helicopters, like, well, we can't. We literally cannot afford to fly if if we can't yeah. charge more than that. Um, and then, then, you know, that's the whole thing. But that's that. You're right. It happens with with. All kind of services, and it's the money makes the world go round. And if you don't have the money to pay the people to show up on the the ambulance, then you're going to have nobody. I mean, okay, Darren, what would happen? What would happen? You're you're talking about working at Cirque du Soleil, and yep. um, if all of a sudden there's no money, you're you're running Darren Dale EMS, and you took that contract, which happens. I reality. And that happens all the time. Somebody just, oh, no, I'm one person. I can make it happen. And they sign a contract with you thinking you're a whole business. And you got to go scramble to yep. find the people to do it. So what happens if Darrendale EMS is running Cirque du Soleil and all of a sudden you don't have the money to pay people? What would happen to that show? Well, I presumably, obviously, the staff quit showing up because they ain't getting paid. Uh, depending on, on where the show or the event is, you know, some places – are pretty fast and loose on, on their permits and contracts. And they might, you know, the, the operating company might say, we're just going to run it anyway. Someplace like here in Atlanta. Yeah. Nobody's going to ever describe the city of Atlanta as fast and loose on permits. Uh, yeah. Circles, the, you know, circle go dark. I mean, their operating permit requires a certain number of EMTs on staff every day, anytime there's guests on premises. So if for whatever reason, the company providing those EMTs, fails, then, you know, until CERC finds a replacement, you know, they're going to have to go out and they're going to have to find, you know, AMR, find another service out here, find somebody that can provide them the EMPs and uh, spend a whole lot of money doing it on no notice. And until then, yeah. they may not run shows. You know, on a quick side note, I want to put a, a thought in your head to think about, and we'll come back to it in the second half of the show. Uh, no, I am not starting my own EMS. <laughs> 
no, no, no. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's tip agencies for just about every industry out there except our industry. <laughs> Maybe we should start a temp agency for EMTs and paramedics. But we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that. I actually I worked with a guy who I thought was legit. His, it was Lewis something or other. I can't remember his last name. And he was young, but he was kind of a go-getter. And uh, as a fallback note, I talked about being in South Georgia. Uh, Nathan Lincoln's on here, and he says uh, – actually, I can put this up on the screen if I do this right. Let me load the comments. But he says that he's in Valdosta, so the, which is south-south Georgia. That's almost the Florida state line there. And that's either Macon or Gainesville is the, the time. And so I, I asked him, how long a drive is that? He says about one hour 45 to Macon. Gainesville's about two hours. If you have a trauma patient, I mean, I guess you got to go to the local hospital to, to stabilize them. But still, at some point, they got to go to one of those two hospitals. That is a very long ride in the ambulance. Yep. And that's that's where I definitely advocate for um, air ambulances. And hello, Michael. Yep. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so I worked with this guy named Lewis, and he had talked about wanting to start his own ambulance service and, and non-emergency, but he was doing events. And this is the first time I really, other than I was working at National EMS at the time, so other than something that they might have picked up at like the horse park or something else, that was the first time I personally was exposed to the idea of event EMS. And it was some, it's some kind of, uh, nope, I want to do this the other way. It's some kind of a four-wheeler dirt bike park trail out in the middle of nowhere, and they were having you know a race event. But you could, I mean, on a regular weekend, you could just come out there and, and essentially buy time and ride your four-wheeler. But the, and it's a big, it's almost like a mud run, right, for four-wheelers. It's just big derms and races. And he got me to come out there one day, and I remember sitting out there going, Okay, so what do we do if somebody legit wrecks their, their four-wheeler? We have this gator. Then what? Well, we got to call 911. Well, did, wait, wait, what? I thought we were the service. So we're going to pull them out. Where, where's the ambulance on standby? There's no ambulance on standby. Do they even know we're out here doing this event? Nope, we don't. And I'm like, dude, this is such a fly-by-night service. And yeah. how did you uh, – I didn't – I did not work with him again uh, on that. But – but that's what you're talking about with Cirque and all that. That is scary. So you've got to look at the, the signs and symptoms, if you will, of bad service. Because had anything gone wrong, we were barely – now I was a paramedic at the time. And he did have uh, – I think Dr. Johnson uh, at Newton was his medical control. So he actually had some legit stuff in place. And I guess it depends on the contract. But EMS didn't know we were there. Uh, helicopter services didn't know we were out there and it was going on. So I think it would have been yeah. a big mess had we had to call uh, anybody about anything. So can you hear Darren in your headphones there? Yeah. So Tom has now joined us. And we're, we're, hey, getting, hey. we're getting into – Are you talking about Durhamtown? It might be. I don't know. Like outside, like going down I-20, outside past Madison. Probably. Between Athens. It's been a while. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's been a, it's been a hot minute since that happened. It was a long, long time ago. Before I even met you, actually, so it's a long time ago, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's so that's one of the signs of a bad service or that something's going to happen. We're talking about when services fail, uh, as fo as part as uh, folding, they close, right? right. How's an employee or a, a contract owner or a civilian even how you notice the signs? Uh, 
that's got to be scary, man, because I've never yeah. actually worked for a service that's happened. I've always tried really? to work for stable services. Well, I think we all have but, tried to work for stable well, services. Well, I mean, I've been on the, you know, like 911 services. I, I've stayed okay. away from private. Is most well, 911 can still go under. I mean, like Royal Metro pulled out in 30 days because they had, I don't know, well, I they, don't know they why. Pulled, they pulled, they pulled out, out. They lost a contract, but, yeah. but they still were open. They, you know, they I, still, I read an article that I didn't share because it was a hit piece on, on, uh, uh, I talked to you about this, the, uh, <laughs> Mutual funds. Yeah. You know, it was a hit piece on them and how they own pieces of things. Mm-hmm. And Royal Metro was invested in by some mutual funds. But they, they didn't quite go under. But they – part of – it wasn't because of the cab, but it was at about that same time in the next couple of years. They they almost disappeared off of the business planet. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, things things happen. Uh, you know, Tom Campaigny EMS never quite even made it off the ground to fail. No, so, not yet. Yeah. Uh, you not, and Dale can start your own to. company. No, not unless we're going to take over the cab. No, that's too <laughs> much drama. That no. is too much. Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks, no thanks, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> but you actually, both of you have talked to each other about event services, I think, yeah. in the past. Uh, I still think it's a great yeah. idea. Uh, so my story, my story before we hit that the halftime break is – uh, I worked. I don't even remember what the you name of the story? service was called. I've got plenty of stories. Have you met me? Uh, <laughs> and it was, I was fresh out of school, EMT school, and it was the only job I could get to actually give me an interview. This is back in the day. Just to give you a, a perspective, to work at Grady, you had to be a paramedic because they're running double medic trucks, and you had to have been at a, a decent volume 911 service for two years before you could talk to them. All right, so I'm a fresh out of school. Well, I know, time to change. Yeah. Grady's like, please work for us. You don't have numbers? Pretend you do. Come work for us. Uh, no, they don't do that. That'd be illegal. I'm not. Grady doesn't do blatantly illegal things, just secretly illegal things. Um, <laughs> uh, not, not, a, not illegal, just maybe under the table. Just unethical. You know, I don't know. No, we'll see. Knows. Uh, blurry, so blurry water. I got this this non-emergency service up on Northside Drive to hire me, and I lived in Athens at the time, so it was an hour plus to coming down 316, you know, to get get up to Northside Drive, and of course they they were like, we want you here at eight o'clock in the morning, which is high traffic volume, and oh, you can go home at five o'clock in the afternoon, which is high traffic volume, uh, but they needed a body on the truck, and they didn't want to give me a 24 hour shift, a full shift or whatever. And so I was doing that, and I'm naive as all get out, and I'm thinking, company hired me, they're going to pay me. Well, they did that no, whole. You expected that? <laughs> I learned the hard way. Uh, yes, young uh, and foolish. Young and foolish. Yeah. I mean, it's like how I do things here. I mean, I, I charge y'all to be here. I mean. He does, <laughs> yeah. Those backgrounds yeah, there, get there's icky. No, there's no lies on that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very good business model. <laughs> Is that would keep things afloat. Yeah. He's like, here, here's some of my leftover food from my barbecue this weekend. Now pay me to be here. Yep. So, and you know what? It's good barbecue, so I still do it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, but the, sh- the short version is uh, they held back two weeks' pay because that's what they did for your uniforms. Yep. And then they paid two weeks behind. So I had to work six weeks to get my first paycheck. Well, I worked with people who were getting paid, right? 
And I worked with this guy, and he took his check the day we got – or they got paid because I still wasn't on the payroll at that point. Or I was on the – you know what I'm saying. I wasn't getting a paycheck at that point. We drove to a check-cashing place over on Moreland Avenue, and it was shady. It was like I had never been downtown Atlanta like that. I was, I was fairly naive and sheltered growing up. So uh, I got it. I was like, what, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm cashing my checks. You can't trust this company. You know, they've already had issues where the checks didn't clear before, and I'm just going to make sure I get mine. And I'm like, surely. I mean, he had some other issues going on in his life that told me that maybe this isn't all correct. It was all correct, but he was not the most trustworthy of sources. You know how you get the that that employee that was like, Tom, Tom's the devil, and he'll do all this horrible stuff, and you go, no, I'm kind of seeing clean tables around, and I'm kind of seeing students showing up, and I don't think it's – all right, but you know, partially right, but not all right. Cause Tom's the devil, but you know, yeah, in uh, disguise. And so, yeah, I got nervous. We were coming up on payday, and somebody said something. I was getting, I just, I don't know. I've always had instincts about things, and I started going, "This is something doesn't feel right. This is not good." And I talked to a medic. Mike Lawson was the medic I talked to, uh, and I don't mind naming him because he was a bit of a douchebag. Because uh, he said he literally said to me, "Cause I'm like, man, I'm worried. It's my first job. I got I got to pay for my truck payment. I got to pay for my my insurance. I still living at home, so those are my only two bills. But it was still something that had to be done. I needed to try to save money to move out and and this and that and the other. And he said to me, "Don't worry about it, man. This company's always done right by us. Uh, yeah, they've had some issues in the past, but they make it work. Uh, they've always come through. If I if I start leaving, then you worry about it." I went, all right, because he kind of took me under his wing, showed me some ropes, helped me out, figured out some things, whatever. You know, as new employees, okay. old employees will do new yeah. employees. And then the next shift I had, which was a day or two later, they called me as I was getting up to go to work, and they said, don't come in today. We're not really sure what's going on, but we don't think we're running any ambulances today. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I thought about it, and I thought about it. I was like, screw it. I'm going up there just to see what's going on because he wouldn't answer the phone anymore. The doors were locked. But the gate wasn't. So I got in and got a jump bag, made sure it didn't take anything that was no drugs, no no DA stuff. Uh, but I had an intubation kit for when I became a paramedic. I had all kind of stuff. Because uh, some of the employees have been saying, you know, it's going under. You do that. And sure enough, they went under. So you went and looted them. I got paid, Tom, is what I did. I got compensation <laughs> that, for the if hours. If that helps you. It, it helped me. That help. I'm not saying no, do it now. I'm not recommending people do it, but I did it because well, I was be recommending. clear, theft is not a recommended business. <laughs> yeah. Practice, yeah. But. Um, but, I mean, so here's some warning signs of that, right? Uh, the guy had a huge, um, really nice bass boat. I mean, one of those that sits really high up on the trailer kind of bass boats, right? Uh, that was apparently his wife's name. He drove fancy cars. That was what, but our ambulances were beat to hell, you know. And yeah, we're not an emergency, but our ambulances were just not taken care of. Uh, they talked about how there was a history of the company not uh, paying. Uh, and you're not off topic, Nathan. I actually want to come to that. Uh, but you know, the history of the company not being able to make payroll this week, but a few days later they made it right. And now what I know about non-emergency services is. You vet all the insurance ahead of time. So how does that happen? What happens because yep. you, you put all that money in a, a big mansion for your well, wife and it, a it boat? Also, it also happens, too, when uh, 
and this is where I'll, I'll get on my soapbox a little bit about how unfair the industry is, is that um, Medicare and insurance will go ahead and cut you a check. So you submit a claim and they, and they cut you money and you've got the money and the money's been sitting there for two or three months and all of a sudden they decide they want to review it and they wanted to now they want to deny the claim even though they originally approved the claim it. now they want to deny it and then they suck the money back out of your See, that's, account that's messed up but the guy also yeah. was buying boats and cars and houses yeah. and vacations and yeah yeah uh but it's easy i mean if you look if you if you look in your bank account one day and you've got one hundred fifty thousand dollars left over you know and you've did everything and then you know, two days later, right before payroll does, Medicare sucks, you know, $125,000 out of your bank right. account. That, you yeah, know, no. the, the billing practices in EMS, and everybody talks about, hey, we need to change EMS, we need to change EMS. And one of the first things that we need changed is we need equity and fairness in reimbursement. Whenever a service goes out and does something, they need to be reimbursed. Insur- I mean, insurance-wise. Um, if you if you say, yes, we'll pay for it. Then it should be paid. But, and people talk about social contract, which is a made-up thing. There's no social. I mean, yes, I come here. Tom hires me. The essential agreement is he'll pay me for the work I do, and I'll work hard for the pay he gives me. That's the essential agreement. But that's, that's nothing. Actually, Unless no. I sign a contract or he signs a contract. I mean – I mean, that's a, uh, it's a written agreement with the employment whenever you're employed by somebody. Right. And that's a legal binding yeah. thing. But, but, but whenever you go mm-hmm. out on an ambulance run, especially on a non-emergency, and you have pre-certification, yeah. then it should be paid. Yeah. There should be no, well, we're going to review it six months later and we're no, going to exactly. suck the money out. Exactly. No, yeah. You know, if they want to stop paying it and stop, because this is the thing, and I said it last week, and I think I probably said it the week before, and I just got more medical bills where insurance company has paid. And I look at it, and it's like I have one of my daughters went for a checkup, just a checkup, just just a general checkup, was in there for 15 minutes maybe just to get a prescription <laughs> renewed. That was it. Yeah. The doctor walked in and walked out, charged $375 for that. Insurance paid it with no problem. But yet an ambulance goes out to take somebody to dialysis, and they want to scrutinize it. And and that's one thing to scrutinize. Yeah, I understand if you can go by car, if you can go by other means, you don't need to rack up a $600. But then you shouldn't have approved it in the first place. But you shouldn't have approved it in the first place. Here's another one for you, Tom. Uh, I ended up taking, uh, I call him a kid, but he was 18, 19 at the time. Um, Maybe he was 20 and it happened when he was 18. But basically he had had a high-risk job uh, painting water towers. Right. And they saw a storm coming in. Per protocols, they were – Trying to, they the were ahead of the so storm. They, they were scrambling. Up. Up. Yeah, they, well, no, they they quit. They were doing safety stuff, oh, and he was going down. He was tethered to the ladder. Lightning hit the out of nowhere. Basically, Ooh. lightning hit the tower, blasted him off the ladder, broke the tether and everything, snapped his back. So he got workman's comp and all this other stuff, right? Which is a form of insurance. Right. Workman's comp, and he was here at Shepherd Spinal Clinic. Great, and we're taking him back to Kentucky, Northern Kentucky, where he lived. And I'm talking to him because it's a 10, 12-hour ride, whatever it was. It was a long ride in the back of the ambulance. And, and with as insurance is, you can't go from one place to another without some kind of care. He said, though, 
he doesn't normally take an ambulance. That's just what they found this time. He's been in limousines. He's been in car services and Escalades. He said the Escalade was his favorite because it was like a limo Escalade. But basically, they're they're recruiting other places to do it. Okay, you've got a set thing you want to pay for this guy. I get that. But why then as an ambulance service, because we're not a limousine service. You know limousine service ain't doing it unless you pay at least half right. up front. Why are we not that yeah. way? Why are we not getting half up front? You know, why Why is it not a set fee? I, get, I, I don't really like set fees because then, you know, we, we're running the air ambulance issue with the, the legislature trying to cap surprise billing and, and that kind of crap. Right. Well, that's not a surprise. You should know a helicopter costs a hell of a lot more than an ambulance. Yeah. Well, the problem is that people don't get a decision in it. That is a little bit of a problem. But um, retroactively, without seeing the bill, would you rather go – well, I was talking to Nathan. Well, it depends you because there, I'm telling you as a flight medic, a past flight medic, there's people out there that fly bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just yeah. oh, I'm going to call a helicopter because I don't want to go to Atlanta or it's time to get off work or something, and it's just complete and utter bullshit. And you can't go, no, we're not taking this <laughs> yeah. patient. Yeah. Yep, and yeah, that needs. To be, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. Uh, let's cut the school down. Let's just go fix everything. Let's go do it. Let's do it. I mean, <laughs> I, I just think that you know we all sit around. We talk about everybody complains about the you know the uh, the bad working conditions in EMS, the lack of mobility in EMS for you know upward mobility because there's not much places to go. Talk about like bad equipment, bad working conditions, and stuff like that. Um, but it all stems down to where you know. I would. I'm pretty sure every ambulance service out there, every 911 service out there, would love to have all their vehicles on two-year leases, and they renew every two years. You got a new truck every two years. You got the latest, greatest life pack. Sure. Um, Lucas devices. Everything comes up. They'd love to have that, but they only have X amount of money. And with like over half of the claims getting denied in transport only you know less than half transports paying they can only do so much so now we'll play the ping pong effect and darren you you jump in on either side that you want to be here on uh i'm gonna say there's bad spending there's bad money management you know when a hospital starts to go under and cries oh my god the community has to help us like no let's look at your books well wait 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 no 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 i'm sure there is bad management but Still, even with bad management, when you're only getting 40% return on the services that you put out, let's start. They, I mean, now, people to be need clear, to pay for what they're supposed to pay for. To be clear, I, I agree with you, but I'm going to play the devil's advocate of you know it's 40%. You need to make your operating budget work on that. Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, some are. Some, so, some well, I mean, there's not, a, there's not many 911 services where people are driving. Well, no, mostly non-emergencies. Mostly non-emergency services. Um you know, volunteer fire departments, hot, rural hospitals. Uh, Nathan brings up dialysis clinics are shutting down. And that's where I started to go with the social contract of we feel like, and this is just a myth in America. It just is. We feel like when we start something somewhere with somebody that it's just going to carry on, especially if it's health care. Right. Uh, yeah. But a lot of these dialysis clinics are private for-profit services that can't maintain the cost of the drugs it but, takes. But and, the thing is that that Dallas's patient that's sitting there is probably costing, they're probably charging, you know, $1,500, $2,000 every time they sit in the seat. Sure. But guess what? Insurance is paying that. Maybe. But they don't, it, it does, trust me. <laughs> Tom can't play. Let me type that in. Tom can play. Yeah. Dallas is expert. 
Well, I'm just, I just know people have been on dialysis for a long time and I've, they've never got a bill. Well, no, you know, my mother in law was on yeah. dialysis. She didn't get a bill either, but she also had the kidney fund to help her out. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, I say maybe because one, I'm not in it. So I always try to kind of hedge my bets a little bit with that. But secondly, is if we're getting 40% reimbursement from Medicare, Medicaid, what is Dallas? Are they getting 100% or are they getting a, they, a set fee? Because the physicians, they get paid. I mean, so, they don't get paid. I mean, there's a set fee sure. for for people who are on Medicaid and Medicare and stuff like that. But so it, why would you guess they're that they're going paid. under? So, huh? And some are. I mean, if a Dallas clinic is closing, why would you guess then they're going under? Well, I mean, I haven't seen any closing. The ones here, I see them popping up everywhere. It does seem like that seems to be oversaturation to me too. There's well, only it's so because there's such high demand. But uh, so when you do that, I had a pediatrician that I called to make my kids' uh, birthday appointment. So up to a certain age, every year they have to get a checkup, so on and so forth. And it was about that time of the year, and I called and said, "Hey, I need to. You know, we didn't get." I don't remember because we said it the year before, right? When we're there, okay, we'll set next year for whatever. What's the date? And like. Oh, uh, as of this is literally how the call went. It's on a Thursday afternoon. As of tomorrow, he'll no longer be in practice. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He'll no longer be in practice. It's like, yeah, he's retiring. It's like, when were you going to tell us? We got the letter. They mailed him out Friday afternoon of his last day. This is how crappy his office was. Now, he was a great doctor, had great nurses. Front office ran like crap. And uh, so, yeah, we got the, the letter. But that's that, that idea that, oh, we have a doctor. We're always going to have this doctor for our kids. Mm-hmm. Well, eventually yeah. he might retire. He might get somebody to take over his practice. He might not. And, Darren, it sounded like you had something to throw in there. Well, I mean, and, you know, it's the same thing on, on from a service perspective. You know, you work for a service and you're thinking that they're always going to be around. And, you know, maybe they will, but. You know, like we were talking about earlier, you know, you, you have to keep your eyes open on the for the red flags because, you know, some some places will make changes and they'll do it the, the nice, smooth way and give you 30 days notice or 90 days notice. And others, it's going to be, you know, a call on uh, on Friday afternoon that says, you know, like you dealt with. Don't come into work. Or, or sometimes, you show up and the door's locked. Yep, you have that. Yeah, or you show up and the door's locked. So let's know? let's put a pin in that because uh, there's some things you need to do after the fact that Darren's going to have some advice on that I, sh- I would have loved to have heard when I went through it. Uh, but we're going to take a quick little break here for the podcast and, and for our show here. Again, look, if you go let – me, let me throw it up here. You can help us out. You can help us out a lot. Patreon.com slash 911studios, okay? You can help keep this show going. We're trying to grow it. We're trying to get into more stuff. Next week, I've got the Region 3 meeting coming up, so you know I'm going to go to that and come back and tell you all about it uh, and how that goes. Uh, we actually have a meeting with Courtney Twilliger coming up, an interview that he's going to be on with us, and that's going to be a good show. So these kind of things, it takes time and energy and some money. So if you want to help us out, please, on the screen you can see it, uh, patreon.com slash 911studios. And uh, as, of t- yeah, as of last week, actually, you can get the ad-free version of the podcast there. Uh, I go back after the fact, and I make sure none of the ads are in it. And so you're, if you, and there's a RSS feed you'll get. So mm-hmm. it'll be special, uh, different from what will go out now through Anchor. On, if you catch us on Spotify or just a regular public one, you'll have the ad I'm about to read and some other ads. But if you go to Patreon, and for as little as a dollar, I think it is a month, 
you can get the ad-free version. So we'd accept, we'd love your help. Until then, this show is brought to you by Gamefly. You know, everybody listening, Tom, we've talked about there's there's gamers. Darren, do you play video games? I used to, not so much anymore, but I used to game a lot. Thanks for helping with nothing, Darren. I appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I play video games all the time. I, I especially when I was on the ambulance, it was one of the ways to take my mind off off of, of the trials of the day and the frustrations. And so you, who are listening to EMS Underground or watching us on Facebook or YouTube, Gamefly is offering the premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get the hottest, greatest new games. Uh, you can get the old retro games. And what I always loved is when they put the stuff on sale. You can get your favorite games for dirt cheap and, and just have it in your house. It's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Uh, so check that out. You're going to get a free 30-day trial. So go to GameFlyOffer.com slash EMS Underground and do that today. All right. So back into the show now, I want to talk about what you should do if you do show up and the door is chunk, chunk, you know, it's locked or, or dude, I've showed up. I, I host podcasts and trivia. I used to host a lot more trivia and not podcasts. I host a lot of podcasts. Uh, karaoke and trivia, and now I'm down to just doing karaoke. But I have absolutely shown up to a restaurant that had been going there for months hosting trivia. And I should have went, I had to call the person who books me. I went, The lights are off and the door's locked. You know, it just happened. So, Darren, uh, you were saying uh, you've been through some of this before, and what what happens when you don't get paid again and again? How, what's some, some things you can do to protect yourself or get some of that back, possibly? Well, I, you know, the first thing is, and this is one where in the event world, it, it's, you know, in a, in a regular uh, ambulance company job, you're probably going to have some paperwork when, when you got hired that says what you're getting paid, what your shifts are, all of that. In the event world, it, it tends to be a little bit more, I don't like to use the phrase fly by night, but it, it's accurate in a lot of respects. Fly by yeah. night, you know, we may be hiring folks based on a, a phone call and say, hey, yeah, well, We'll pay you 125 bucks for the day. Here's where you're coming. You know, uh, always try and get copies on paper or an email or something written of what it is you're supposed to be getting. You know, in terms of your pay and some time frame. You know, just hey, we pay in two to three weeks. We'll send you a check in a month. You know, whatever it is, have some written correspondence to fall back on that says this is what I was promised. Because if you don't, if the company falls apart to the point that you start having to worry about going to court. You know, he said, she said, is it going to go real well in your favor? If you've got some letter or some paper or some email that, you know, the boss sent that said, hey, yeah, show up at, at this place at this time and here's what you're getting paid, that's a contract. Okay. Uh, so I'm from a, a, as I understand it, and I'm no lawyer, let me preface that, you know, but as I understand it, you know, that, that's a contract. That's a, a contract work for hire or, you know, work agreement. Uh, that, that's evidence right there that you went and agreed to work for Joe's Ambulance Company for, you know, $125 for the day. And here's where your assignment was. So if then yeah. you need to turn around and, and, you know, head to court. And unfortunately, if, if folks really do collapse all the way and it's not just a hey we're not making payroll this week but you know give us a week or two and things will be better okay i'm you know at that point you've got a, an individual decision to make you know 
do you give somebody that week or two and see if things really do get better? Or don't you believe the, you know, the hype and you don't think it's actually going to get better and you don't want to keep, uh, keep giving the, the work for them, you know, keep giving them the effort while they're not uh, paying you your money. And yeah. That comes down to your personal, you know, your personal ethics and, and frankly, your, you know, your personal choice on what your, uh, what your reputation is worth to you. Uh, and that's, you know, yeah. that's a different, a different conversation. But once things fall all the way down into the rabbit hole, it winds up being a matter of, you know, if, if they're just not talking to you and closing up shop. It might be the only way that you get your money is to go to court. And, you know, if you're going to go to court, you got to have paper. Uh, Unfortunately, sometimes things just won't work out in my case. Uh, I mean, I could visually see he had money. He, I I could see where, I mean, you can see the boat, the car, you know, all this other stuff. Um, And I didn't. And I was able to file for roughly $2,000. In that time in Georgia, Without paperwork in this kind of situation where you're an employee and all the employees are coming together to the bankruptcy court and filing, uh, you could file up to $2,000 without having to prove, well, you did this work. And that. I, mean, I had my schedules and stuff, but uh, right. so I think I was owed a little bit over that. But I was like, you know what? That's close enough. Still got nothing because the way that was structured, that company was structured, he had to pay his debtors first, and there was just nothing. Yep. I mean, they maybe yep. got some ambulances that maybe that they could sell. Um, I mean, and because of priority order, so you might not get anything. Yeah, something you got to decide: is it really worth the fight? I mean, is it going to cost me more money to get this thousand dollars? Yeah. Or do I just need to go and find another job? And that's the decision that you you have to make: is you know, is it worth even small claims court? You know, you're talking about a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. Sure, you can go the small claims route, court route, but that's still going to cost you money. It's still going to cost you time. You know, and, and all you're going to get out of it is a judgment. You still got to collect. Yep. So yep. The, it's not like that then you have to worry about collecting on. Yeah, and you send it to them, and they, if they don't pay it, then you got to enforce it, and you got to keep yep. doing it. So, yep. you know, it gets and real so. crazy. It and sometimes real it's just quick. easier yeah. to go ahead and file unemployment. Cause yeah, you, yeah. Get the unemployment, yeah. you know. Um, that is that's it. I, you know, and, and it's very much got to be an individual decision of, you know, how far down the rabbit hole are you willing to go before you say, you know what? Sorry, this doesn't feel right. I'm done. Um, right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, and that's the other thing too. You have to, you have to take, I, I gave this speech at the EMT orientation last night. You have to take care of yourself first and you've seen safe. Yep. BSI, that's you taking care of yourself first. And it actually took me a long time to get over that company because, again, I believe the wrong people. And, oh, you know, well, okay, as a paramedic, you can literally land anywhere you want. Well, it hurts you anytime know. you're taking advantage of. Yeah. I mean, somebody takes yeah. advantage of you, it hurts. I mean, you trust people until that trust is broken. It, it hurts. And, you know, that's why, like, here, I'm anal about making sure people get paid. If you work, I pay you. You know, I... And I acknowledge, I mean, a lot of times I overpay people, I mean, for stuff. So I just don't want to ever be in that situation where 
that yeah. ever happened. You and know, so. there was a point in time. I mean, it never actually came down to okay, how are we going to make this happen? But there's a point in time where you saw six months down the road, if things don't change, how are we going to make this happen? And I know I talked to Vanessa and Jeremy, and it's like, and even I mean, I came to you and said no. I mean, Vanessa said she'll work for free because she doesn't need the money. <laughs> I will, I will work for free as long as I can go make some money elsewhere in the meantime. And that's the that middle ground. If you're talking to somebody, you can help because it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. If you're running a small ambulance company, or you know, let's well, go with the school. It's a small school, and you're supporting teachers to a point, but they all work somewhere else basically. So they're they're just like, oh, my part time job's gone. But for the four or five of us that were full time, you're supporting us, and it comes down to. Um, uh, you know, things might be rough next month. Well, if we all just go, well, I got to go find a job, man. I'll, I'll talk to you after that. Well, now you got nobody to help you run, so you can't yeah. keep the students going. You can't keep the school going. Then it just collapses. Well, that's why, like in, in the watch party, I don't know if you're in it, Charles, because I'm sorry. I got I'm monitoring late. the other. No, that's why I'm monitoring the other chat. But um, Donald, you know, Donald White, you know, we worked with Don for you know, a long time ago. He um, makes a very good point here. You've got to take care of the personnel. You know, we're kind of talking about technology, yeah. getting, you know, all that new tech stuff. And I believe tech stuff is important, too. you got to have up-to-date good equipment. Um, the older equipment, yeah, it's fine. But the problem with just saying, oh, I'm going to uh, only invest in older equipment is what's going to happen when somebody, you've got life pack 10s on the truck and you're not, mm-hmm. and you don't have 12 leads and you go out and you pick somebody up and they're having a silent MI. And that's you know, been established that a 12-lead is standard. Is a standard, yep. you know, and you, you've got to have at least a minimum standard. Now, you may not need the one that's got, like, the uh, telemedicine you know, the, the, the and tele- all, that. all that stuff on it. Yeah. So you've got to make that decision, you know, what's the minimum, you know, what's the minimum here, and I've got to take care of my employees. Every decision I make as a business owner is I've got to make payroll first. Payroll comes before I pay the rent. You know, that is the priority. And that needs to be, if you're a business owner out there running a small EMS ambulance service, that's got to be your priority. I mean, before yeah. you go out and buy a bass boat, you got to be able to make your payroll. My strategy here is I've got three months. That's why when we were having that bad time, I had three months yeah. that we would be fine. And we saw it, we made changes, we combated it, and then we knocked it out. And we, we never even got back. close to that. Yeah. We didn't, it, it wasn't even yeah. an issue. I, yeah. It was just me But you're And the thing was you were honest about it. You were yeah. a little bit, but you are honest about it. And that's yeah. the key to survival well, that I didn't have I with needed, that other company. I needed to rally the troops, so I'm not going to yeah. hide it. You know, I didn't want to hide it, and that's how other business owners should be. Utilize the resources you have. Hey, look, we this has happened. You know, just don't lock the doors on them. Let them know. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, and and com- communication's a big thing. And you know, somebody may have a solution. Yeah. We all came together and figured it out and made it work here and came back bigger, better, stronger. You don't know, but if that you don't is. try it, you're you're not going to. But you got to take care of your people, and that's got to be your first priority. But whenever you're on the wrong end of bad leadership and bad management. At that time, you have to be a leader. And the leadership role that you have is, number one, leading yourself and leading your family and take care of your family. I've worked with firefighters before, and I remember working with this one firefighter, and I can't remember his name, but I was like, man, he is this is 
you, you can't even talk to you can talk to this wall over here because he had it in his mind that the fire department came first over his family over his family over wow. everything all right I mean, he would be there to work. He stayed there working. I was like, look, dude, the fire department does not come first. He's like, I took an oath. I was like, you did not take an oath to put this before your family. You took an oath to save lives. And, yeah, I understand that if you're inside a fire and you and your buddy's inside that fire, you took an oath to save your, help your buddy and not just run out like a baby. Yeah. You know, you've got duties that you've got to fulfill, and you need to fulfill your duties. But that doesn't mean that you're going to sacrifice your family over this. Because your family, your family comes first. What comes first? One, God comes first. And second, your wife comes first. And then your children. That is the priority. And you got to take care of that. And so that means you have to make a decision at that point. Am I going to sit here and waller and cry and, mm-hmm. and fuss and get mad because they locked the doors and they didn't pay me? No, you got to get out there and find a job right now. Yeah. You got to find something right now because you got to get income coming in. And in the between, you got to get your documentation together. You got to go down. If you got to that day, go down to the unemployment office and say, hey, my employer just shut the doors and they're, they're closed. What do I need to do? File says that you get your money because your employer pays for you. It is a requirement. Your employer pays for you unemployment insurance. That is your right. So basically that's how you get some of your money is by filing. It's something. I mean, it is something. You know, you do what you got to do. And sometimes you got to suck up your pride. I've been around people like, oh, man, I'd never take government assistance. Well, you know, yeah, I understand that. You say that you you can't put food on the table. Yeah, when you got to take care of your family. And that's what it's there for. It is there for as a social net to safety net to, to help you in the short term. So you got to start getting a plan together right then. Hey, I'm not working. I'm not making money. I need to go down to the unemployment office, file paperwork there, start looking for a job, do what I got to do to so that I can put food and make sure my family yeah. has a place to live. And and then we'll go do whatever. You know, you make that decision. What do you want to do? Do you want to go sue them or do you just want to go on? You know, sometimes going the sue route, especially if they file bankruptcy, you're not going to get anything. It's right. just going to erase the debt if they file bankruptcy. Yeah, it definitely depends on the And honestly, uh, we were talking about, before you came in, we were talking about uh, the race that uh, went under that Darren had worked with. They Unfortunately, I mean, it hit the news that they basically walked in, told everybody clean out your desks, we're done, we got no money. And that means no money. And my, my yeah. family actually, we, we came out okay because other races honored the ticket we bought through them uh, that we'd already signed up for other stuff. But basically, we'd signed our kids up for the race and paid the money, and it just wasn't coming back. There was right. no, no money. Well, I was to, like, to you send. know, and yep. this is not a unique thing. This happens all throughout life, yeah. all throughout. In, like right now on the news, Stonecrest Mall, right around Stonecrest. Mm-hmm. Some developers came in going to develop this thing called Sports Town. Okay. They're going to have football fields, soccer fields, baseball fields, basketball courts. Okay. And stuff where you go, they have tournaments and they've got sure a big huge shot, sports complex. And then, yeah, and then they've got like Emory is going to put in sports medicine there. They're going to cool. have specialty shops there. Everything's done. so you got all these people who've invested in it, who are going to put their shops up. Mm-hmm. Well, this thing was supposed to open last year. They haven't they haven't broke any, down. They haven't done anything. Ground, yeah. Yep. So now yeah. everybody's getting together trying to sue. I'm like, you just lost everything. Yeah. I mean, no. Unfortunately, you yep. invested in the wrong thing. 
Uh, so before we go, not to end on a sad note, let's end on a fun note. Uh, a wild idea I had earlier, and I'm glad you finally you're, you're, that you're here for this, Tom, is I told Darren, it's like, you know, there's a temp agency for every industry out there, even nurses. You can call them right. good nurse Why right now. EMS? Why not EMS? What would that I've look like? I've always thought about that. How would we start a temp agency for EMS? Oh, maybe we model it after nursing. I don't see why we couldn't. I mean, Darren, you've done events and stuff. What would you do? That's a good question. I, you know, I, I would say you look at the at the agencies that do temp uh, temps for nursing and and respiratory techs and all of those, and I, I you model the same way. I, you know, the, the EMS world, we've got some limitations that they don't. I, you know whether you're BLS or ALS and all those other sure, uh, sure. other distinctions. But, you know, I, I certainly I think it could be done. Uh, so well, It's funny you bring that up because me and Barbie talked about this really? many times. That's, that's uh, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, you know, with all the shortage, of, and one of the examples we gave is if, if Darren was running his own event company and all of a sudden he couldn't pay people, what do they do? Well, if you had a temp agency, you just call them up, it's like, I've got to have – Two paramedics tonight, or a paramedic right. in advance. Uh, okay, here's our last minute rate, and they go okay, and they pay it, and then we get the you. Know, there's that pad, right? The rate is a good four or five dollars an hour, or whatever it is, over the hourly that yeah. they're going to give the medic. And then, because because Darren, I mean, the reason it popped in my mind is Darren's always doing this for these races. Is right. that's how he got me to work last year? He's like, they contracted with the company, and one person gets it. That's Darren, and then he's got to go find everybody else underneath them. Yeah, so that's essentially and, uh, a temp company. Basically, yeah, one of the I, problems you got is that you'd have to to get some type of standardized protocol, and like whoever yeah. your um, companies are, mm-hmm. there'd have to be some type of credentialing process to ensure that that person understood and had those knew those protocols, and was able to perform utilizing those yeah, protocols. So. But basically, it'd be. You're a paramedic in the state of Georgia. All of your certifications are up to date. I need you on a truck tomorrow morning. And then they need to put but, them with somebody that. But that usually so. doesn't. You know, like if you got hired and you go somewhere, you're going to ride with an FBI right. for yeah, a few yeah. days. Yeah. So a temp yeah. agency, we, if, we, if something like that was to be something we did, we'd have to go ahead and have that all done. You know, they got apps for that, I'm sure. Yeah, Carly said that would need some serious scrutiny to ensure employee safety and department safety. That's the thing. I mean, you just have to already contract. If you had companies that you contract with, you'd have to have those standards. And this, sir, like the temp service would have to pre vet those people. Sure. Yeah. To already who were credentialed, passed the protocol exams, and all that stuff. So, yeah. So then it can be on the the temp. Which would be money saving for the agency because the agency's not paying for that training, Mm -hmm. you know, and the people Mm -hmm. that they're coming is already yeah is already certified and ready to go you know uh, yeah. uh go ahead darren no i know that's you know i think that's spot on that, that's the challenge of of doing a temp you know I a temp like thing in ems is all of that standardization which we we as a field haven't done a great job of of standardizing almost, almost really. like a recruiting service like you know like if we had a recruiting yep. service uh-huh. and we just entered it, you know, did everything, background checks, drug screen, yeah. here, here's a person, we, t- you know, tested them. They've been pre-screened. And, and pre-screened them. We could yeah. test them and rank them, give them, 
you know, behind the scenes stars. Like, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. like this person yeah. is a, a five star candidate because, you know, they have their ACLS, their pals, and they right. pass this, you know, these exams Here, or whatever. Well, I know, I know how we can give a psychological exam. I yeah. know we have a personality exam, you know. We, we could do this. We could do something like this. And here's the thing. From service to service, because you've worked for a couple. I've worked for more than my share. Darren's worked for a couple. So you know. You know. Even you, Carly. And hey, Carly. Hadn't seen you since the last meeting. But hey, I want you to come on and talk to me. I got to call you and get you on at some point. Yeah, Carly, come on. Um, but uh, we all know that the protocols don't change drastically from service to service. It's usually the little highlights that are changed. So it's like. Here, here's a generic thing that you need to know, but that's probably just good medicine, period. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you want to be eligible to work for Newton Piedmont as a temp. Here's their their specifics that you need to memorize. Right. And, or you want to work for AMR as a temp. Here's their specifics. But we would hold a standard as a company because I know, like, AMR will fire you if you don't pass their driving course. Right. You know, uh, and that's in orientation. So we have driving standards. They've taken SIVO. They have this kind of, uh, I don't know. It is some stuff. It started off as a dumb idea, but it's something I think we could probably do in 10 years from now when we're not doing a million other things. <laughs> but, yeah, Darren, right. get on it. I'll be your partner. <laughs> yeah, I'll go yeah, for I it. all those spare hours I've got. Yeah, we know. We know all that. All those boat trips you go on and stuff. We know you got time. And yeah, Carly's like, hey, she's ready to come home. Cool. So, come on, Carly. Cool. We got Courtney next week. Courtney Twilliger is next yep. week. Hey, and by the way, we've got EMT class orientation. Just had it. We've still got yeah. a few spots. If you're interested, know somebody out there. Spread the word. It's the last class for, for this year. year. Yep. After this class next year, there's an increase in tuition. Uh, unfortunately, book prices are going up. They're going. New editions came out. Got to change that. Got to go to. Yep. Got to go to a new book. That what does that mean, Charles? Got to go to a new book. That means costs more money. Costs more money. More money. So yeah. that means tuition's going up, fees going up. So get in on this one. You can save some money before the first of the year. And we got advanced. If you want to start your career path before January, everybody starts yep. their new career path in January. If you want to get ahead right. of that curve, we got one next week. Yeah. Advanced classes coming up, so you can sign up. Uh, Darren, you got anything you want to promote or throw out there? Do you still need people? You still need people for. Uh, for uh, Cirque, don't you? Uh, nope. Cirque is uh, Cirque is all covered at the moment, actually. Okay. Like, uh, okay. Cool. I, I need to go moment, to it. Uh, I need to go see it. it. It's supposed to be a really good show. I would I would tell you it is, but I actually haven't seen it yet myself. So uh, I went to one once and it was really good. So I've heard amazing things about. It. I've I've seen there was a in Biloxi there was a a. I, I, they were good, so it's not like they're a knockoff or a copycat. They just weren't Cirque. It was a different company that did it, but it was in that style, and it was really good. Yeah, it was really good. So definitely something. So, uh, well, you have anything? Maybe we could do Cirque here. No, That's God, good. no, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to see Jeremy up on a rolling ball on no, top of a rolling ball. I was thinking about you up there. Yeah, no, see, I'm the medic. I have to stay on the ground. No, no, I no. That's medic. it. We'll throw a bag on you. You could be the rolling Look, medic. Bag. I still got my patch on my shoulder yeah, right there. You could. You know, roll down and save them, you know, in the middle, and everybody's watching them. That's a hard pass. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, yeah, catch us, uh, Georgia Institute of EMS, uh, Georgia. We had, a, we had a special time next week, right? Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do it live. I think we'll do a recording like we did with uh, – uh, Okay. Um, 
Black, Chad Black. Uh-huh. And then uh, but I can do a debut watch party. So at a regular time, it'll be a pre-recorded session, but I'll be in chatting. With, with the so we'll, party. Because we'll still be getting ready for advanced uh, orientation that night, okay. which isn't as hectic. But That's... So I just figured we'll record it. That way he can be happy and uh, you know, have some time to think about it and maybe come back. I, nobody's come back and said, hey, could you cut that out? But I'd like to give him a little bit of room yeah. to say, eh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. So, oh, it'll be a good one next yeah, week. Yeah, it'll be really so. good. And then if you want to be on the show, uh, hit us up, uh, Charles at G-A-I-E-M-S. And we're going to hit Carly up. So and yeah, Carly's coming. Yeah. Uh, and when I say I'm going to hit Carly up, you know, it's just I owe her one from when she jumped across the room monkey style and landed on my back. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, so... All right. Thank you, everybody, yeah, for, for tuning in and watching. And, again, if you'd like to help out, patreon.com forward slash 911 studios. Right now it gets you the, the ad-free version of the show. And I think as, as we're getting more and more articles sent to us and popping up, uh, I'm probably going to start recording little 10-minute reactions and breakdowns of these articles, and that will be on Patreon as well. Gotcha. So every week you'll still get the hour, hour-and-a-half-long podcast, but then you can get some extra content over there as well. So, uh, all right, we'll be back uh, next week with Courtney Twilliger, and we'll see what happens. See ya.